Welcome to Gateway Church Wirral Online. We're so delighted that you're with us this morning. So great that you can be a part of our live streamed gathering. Just to welcome you to this space and what we're all about. Um, to say that we as a church, we're all about seeing people meet with God, encounter him for all his goodness and his grace and for lives to be changed by him. As a church, we want to see a world transformed, made better and better through every life transformed by the grace of God. So our hope and our prayer for you today, meet with Jesus in the things that we're saying, in the things that we're singing, in the way that we're opening up the word of God, which is alive for us today. We want you to know Jesus, know that he loves you, know that he has a plan for your life. And as we're going through our gathering this morning, do please connect with us here in this live stream space. You can fill in our connection card. The tab, I think, is at the top of your screen. Request prayer if you'd like to. There are great, friendly people who would love to pray with you. And do just connect with us in any and every way that you'd love to. As a church, we gather. That's what we're about today. When we come to the close of our gathering, I'll tell you how you can connect with us going forward into the week. So have a really great time. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself and enjoy Jesus, we pray. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Gateway Church here in person and online. If you're here in the building, can I invite you to stand with me this morning? And uh, at home, why don't you stand with us as well? Uh, we're going to have a wonderful time this morning just to explain a few little bits and bobs as to how we're going to proceed. Um, this morning, we're going to spend some time praising God in song. Isn't it great news that we can sing together again in the building? It's pretty fantastic. We're enjoying that. Um, in a little while, we have the joy of dedicating one of our newest church members. Um, sign them up, young. And uh, yeah, that's going to be great. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And then a little later on, we're beginning our, our new sermon series, uh, which we're going to the movies this morning. Uh, did you bring your popcorn? Um, don't, don't leave it all over the floor like you do at the cinema. I know how you are. Um, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun as we go on. Just to let you know, um, there is the family room downstairs. So if you've got littlies and they need somewhere to roam and make some noise, you can see and hear everything downstairs. Um, as we go through the morning, our children's program is back on. And those who are leading that will help you as you go to the rear um, and guide you through that. Would you join me? We're going to pray uh, before we come to praise God. Um, I was reading this week um, in Romans, Romans chapter 8, and there's just immeasurable joy there for us. Because look, this morning, uh, many of us, most of us, uh, we are part of the family of God. Is there anybody here who's part of the family of God? There's good news, even if you're not yet part of the family of God, you can be. And uh, there's an invitation and a welcome for you today. But I want to read to you some of these beautiful verses. We're going to pray. We're going to praise God together. Listen to this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. This is good news this morning. God has not given you a spirit of fear. You don't need to be afraid this morning. He's giving us freedom. What does it sound like? You have received the spirit of adoption. As sons, God welcomes you into his family. It's not, it's not according to how good you are. It's nothing that you have done. God gives this freely. He welcomes people into his family. God is good. And it is by God's spirit that we cry, Abba, Father. God, your Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. In Romans 8, it makes it plain that the same Spirit caused Christ Jesus to rise from the dead is the Spirit of God that wants to bring you to life, that wants to bring you to life. And if you are in Christ, this is the Spirit of life that is at work in you. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Lord Jesus Christ, I praise you and I thank you that, God, your desire is to bring us to new life, the fullness of life in your family. God, your love for us is not the kind of love that acts at a distance and just tweaks and tinkers with our lives. Your love is the kind of love that brings us close, that embraces us in the love of the Father. And Jesus, we praise you that this is what you bring to us. This is what you have established for us. God, we pray this morning as we praise you, as we celebrate you, even as we celebrate family this morning, 
that God, you would do a work in our hearts that, that enables us to understand this truth. We can be part of your family. Thank you, Jesus. And amen. 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 Isn't it good to be in the house this morning? To know that his promises are yes and amen. Would you like to take your seats? It's a special Sunday morning this morning. It's been a while, but we have a dedication. Before that, though, it's been a fantastic week, hasn't it? Yes? A few parents should be saying yes. A big well done to all our young people this week. A-levels and GCSE results, they've smashed it. So well done, young people. And of course, well done to the parents for getting through this year as well. The stress of it all, the new chapter begins come September, university and sixth form. It's been a stressful year, but God is good, and we've seen his hand upon our young people. Well, this morning, it's wonderful to have Niran and Dorcas with us, and we're going to invite the family to come and join us, and we've got the pleasure of dedicating the little one, haven't we? Are we all coming up? Yep. Can we give them a round of applause? Absolutely gorgeous. So keep on coming. <laughs> Hello, gorgeous girl. Yes. Yes, we don't think there's going to be cuddles, unfortunately, this morning. We've tried over the last couple of weeks, but we're not sure there's going to be cuddles on that. You are beautiful, aren't you? Yes. Are you gorgeous? You're clinging on to daddy there. Clinging on to daddy for dear life. So, of course, dedication is a fantastic opportunity, isn't it? Our children are precious. There's a couple of you. Our children are precious. Even when they give you grey hair. Even when they drain you dry of pocket money. Yes, our children are a gift from God. And they are beautiful and they are wonderful to be part, of, not only of your family, but of course part of the church family as well. We are so blessed to have so many wonderful children in our church as well. Now the Bible says in Deuteronomy 6, it says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So every breath that we take is to declare that Jesus is Lord in our children's lives as well. Now, I've been practicing these names. It's been one of those. You've been teaching me. We're going to see if we can get this right. So we've got Aduni Adadzawa Matureo. Matureo. Two out of three is pretty good there, don't you think? Don't you think two out of three is pretty good on that one? Yep. But of course, there's always meanings, aren't there? There's always meanings. So Aduni is sweet to have. Adadzawa is strong-minded. And Mutureo? Mutureo is joy to behold. What amazing meanings. So Niran and Dorcas, okay, in presenting Aduni to the Lord, do you promise, in dependence on divine grace and in partnership with the church, to teach her the truths and duties of the Christian faith, and by prayer, teaching, and example, to bring her up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord? Church, you have a responsibility as well. Okay, we're not out of this one. So church, do you also agree and promise to help and support Dorcas and Niran and the family? Okay, and that in due time, that Aduni may be led to trust Christ as saviour and be a member of the church. Okay, godparents, where's the godparents? Now, this is a slightly different promise, okay? So, do you promise to spoil her? 
to give her everything that she wants, to babysit every week. Is getting a little bit, isn't it? Anything yeah. else? Of course. Do you promise to be there for her, to protect her, to look after her, and to pray for her, and to guide her in the Lord? Wonderful. Are we going to attempt a hold? No. Are we going to attempt? Let's see. No. We'll leave it like that. It's fine. Are you just going to look at me? Yeah. You can just go back and give me a smile. Okay. Would you like to stand? We're going to pray. We're going to dedicate a duni. And we're going to pray for the parents as well. So shall I come over here? Is that okay? Okay. Here we go. So, Aduni Adadaswa Matureo, we dedicate you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray that the Lord's hand will be upon you. We pray that you will know his promises, that you'll, you'll grow up to be strong-minded in the Lord, that you will know everything that he has in store for you, Lord. Lord, we pray that you will become a mighty warrior, a mighty lady of God that, Lord, that she'll lead others to know you as well. So, Lord, we pray for your hand of protection upon her, Lord. Lord, and we pray for Dorcas and Niran as well, Lord Jesus, and the family, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, your hedge of protection will be upon them at this time, Lord. That, Lord, that you'll give them wisdom, Lord Jesus, that you'll guide them, Lord Jesus, that you'll lead them, Lord Jesus. Lord, as they grow up as a family in you, Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you that your promises are yes and amen. And Lord Jesus, we just pray right now, Lord Jesus, that they'll know your joy, that they'll know your strength, and that they'll know your peace as a family. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Should we give them a round of applause? <laughs> Wonderful. And there's you. Bless you. singing of the goodness of God, believing, trusting, declaring the goodness of God. We've sung already his promises. They're yes, they're amen. And this morning what we're wanting to do is, is sing of the promises of God, the goodness of God. I believe God wants to demonstrate his goodness among us, but God wants to demonstrate his goodness in our lives. And um, what we're going to do just for a moment or two is we're going to trust on his goodness this morning together. I'd love you to join with me in this. Now, I, I've had the pleasure of praying with somebody just before our gathering began, um, and they've got an issue with their knee, and we prayed that God would, um, yeah, they're looking for some treatment this week. We pray that God would expedite that, but we're praying for God's healing touch upon their knee, that God would release them and free them. And as we've been uh, worshiping together this morning, I think that God wants to um, do a work of healing in probably a number of knees here this morning. Um, and so we're going to begin to pray into that in a moment or two. Uh, can I invite you, church, to, to join with me in this? And um, I know there's a tendency when I'm stood on a stage that's elevated up into the clouds um, to, to kind of look to me. Uh, but can I invite you to join with me in looking to Jesus right now? And I'm going to invite you to lift your hands and your hearts. And we're going to come to Christ. And we're going to say, Lord God, we trust in you for your goodness and your grace. And we're believing upon you, Lord God, to do good things amongst us this morning. And as I've said this morning, church, I think that God does want to heal some knees this morning. And so, well, you know, I've asked you all to lift your hands. That was terrible, wasn't it? But uh, <laughs> if you've got a problem with your knee this morning, would you just lift one hand really, really high? Um, as an act of faith, I can see quite a lot of hands raised. And, and the rest of the church, so if, you've, if you're with somebody um, here this morning and they've lifted up their, their hand really high, would you open up your eyes and just look? And if you're with somebody, would you just go ahead and lay a hand on their knee? Would you do, if that's okay, um, if, if you've come with them this morning, just lay a hand upon their knee this morning and just begin to pray that God would heal them, that he would release them, that he would free them from pain. We'll just pray for God to heal people's knees this morning. Okay? So if you're near somebody and they've lifted up their hand super high and they're saying, I want God's healing touch upon my knee, then would you just pray for people? And if anybody has got that problem and no one's praying with them, 
then uh, just keep your hand up and somebody will reach out to you, I'm sure, and they'll begin to pray with you. Dear Jesus, we pray that you would heal people this morning. Set folks free. Set folks free, Jesus. And even as we're praying for people's needs, I, I was quite moved, um, even just in, in the names of, of the beautiful little girl who was dedicated this morning. And when the, the, the middle name, strong-minded, was spoken, initially, it kind of it landed with me, and I thought, well, why didn't we know about that name? I could have called both my kids that name. And I thought, but actually, God, I think, just moved upon me. And, and he's saying, actually, that God wants to do a work upon people's minds this morning. And if folks are struggling with anxieties and stresses and maybe even depressions and other things like that, then God wants to set some people free this morning. Now, I'm not going to invite you, unless you really want to, to put your hands way up high. I know that you might not feel that's appropriate. But if you, if you feel that you need a touch from God upon your mind, upon your emotional and well-being state this morning, I'm going to invite you just to put your hands out in front of the Lord. And it's just between you and God. And you can just hold your hands out and say, Lord Jesus, would you come upon me? Would you come upon me? I'm going to trust you, God, that you've not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And Lord Jesus Christ, we're praying for each and every person here this morning who is saying before you, Lord God, I need your touch. I need your help. I need your healing. I need, Lord Jesus Christ, for you to move upon me and make me whole. And I know there's such a range of different things here this morning, God, but you know, and Lord God, you are able to do what is right, and also you are able to do far above everything that we can even ask for or even imagine. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would surprise people here this morning with your healing touch upon their minds, upon their spirits. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would pour out the very well-being of yourself upon your people here today. In your name we are praying. Amen. 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 And look, if you're welcome to grab a seat if you'd like to. If just those things that we've been talking about this morning, if, if you're sensing that God is doing something in your life this morning, that he's touching you and he's maybe healed you or is healing you, then not only would we love to hear about that and to encourage the church, but we'd love to continue praying with you. Um, and if you're sensing that God's begun something this morning and you're wanting God to continue that work in your life, at the close of our gathering, we're going to share communion. And what I'm going to say is if you want to, you can come. I'm going to invite some of the leaders of the church to join me and, and we'll make a time and a space to continue to pray into these things uh, together with you. Does anybody here this morning believe that God is good? God is good. Amen. And all the time, yeah, God is good. And uh, this morning, we're going to do something a little different um, as we come around the Word of God this morning. And we, we do it really for kind of a couple of reasons. We're going to the movies this morning, I've said. What do I mean by that? Well, this week, and, and actually in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be looking at a couple of recent films. Um, has anyone been to the cinema recently? Yeah, a handful of people have been to the cinema recently. I've been to the cinema recently, and I went to see Poor Patrol the movie. Um, it wasn't my choice. Clearly, it, w it was Erin's choice, um, or maybe someone smaller in our family. I don't know. It's pretty good. Um, the movie that we're going to actually look at this morning is, is Black Widow. Um, and you're like, Pastor Greg, how on earth can you draw out anything good from Black Widow? Even the name, it's, any arachnophobes here this morning, the name is a little bit troubling, isn't it? Um, the reason why we, we go to the movies in the summertime is partially because we want to have a little bit of fun. Does anybody like fun? Okay, a few of us like fun. If you like fun, next Sunday, our hope is to do our Gateway Summer Festival. Uh, well, this is, this is the hope. Um, I know last, uh, we were going to do it last Sunday, weren't we? And the weather, we were like going to be wading in water up to our waist because we know that nothing quite says a British summertime than sideways rain. Isn't that right? So we had to kind of postpone it. We're hoping to do it next Sunday. Um, so please do look out for the details of that. We're going to have all of our fun outdoors in a field. The sun will be shining. Please, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be like, we, we love to have fun. Not just fun. 
what we're hoping to see as we kind of go to the movies this morning and in a couple of weeks is that actually every story, and some stories are brilliantly well told, um, every story is really trying to get at the big story. Because there is a big story in our world. I don't know whether you think that everything is random, that everything is chaos, that everything just seems crazy and you can't make head the tail of it. Let me encourage you here this morning. There is a big story. And I know this because there's a storyteller, there's a story writer, in fact, and his name is God. And God has been telling an incredible story. It's an incredible story of creation in its perfection with purpose and beauty and joy. And, and the God who spoke things into being looked upon it all and said it was good. And he looked upon the people that he had made and he said they were very good. Would you look at somebody near you and say, you look very good this morning. Um, could you do that? Um, some of you, you're not going to do that. Um, I, I'm sure if nobody said it to you, it's not that they don't think it. I just want to point that out. They do think you look fantastic. It's not just how you look. God looked upon the people he had made and said they were very good. But the tragedy comes into the story that the people looked upon their God and decided they knew better. The people looked upon their God and they lost sight of the fact that God was very good. In fact, the source of all good, the author of all good. And, and you and I and every person that's ever existed thought we could do better than God. When you put it like that, it sounds a bit crazy, doesn't it? But this is how we've all lived and separated ourselves from God. To be separated from God is to be separated from goodness. That's why there's so much badness in our world. To be separated from God is to be separated from his love. That's why our hearts ache so much. To be separated from God is to be separated from life. That's why there's so much death in our world. But God doesn't leave the story there. You see, God, the author of the story, comes into the story. I think that's called a meta-narrative, isn't it? And he comes into the story, and he takes a hold of the story, and all of the wayward characters who thought they knew better than the author of life, he comes to seek and to save all who are lost. This is good news, isn't it? You know, if you've ever been found by Jesus, you should find this to be pretty good news, I should imagine. And, uh, and God comes into the story, and he writes a way of salvation. He writes a way of coming back to him. And you know what? If you've never come back to God, then today's your day. You can come back to God. He's made a way for you. And he's made a way that you come back to God and not only know the fullness of life, but the restoration of life. God is restoring all things. He's writing a good story. He's writing a good story on our hearts, and he's writing a good story with our lives. And, and, and every other story that you come upon in the whole world is trying to get this big story. It's telling just a little bit of this big story, even though it might kind of lose its way along the way or come up with kind of solutions that aren't really part of God's good story. Every other story can tell us something about the big story. And so we're going to come in a moment or two, and we're going to consider... Um, the, uh, the movie Black Widow. But before we do, I just want to take a moment or two. I was obviously preparing to share this with you this week. Um, my sermon preparation this week was sitting down and watching a movie. Um, can I do that every week, please, church? Would that be all right? Is that okay with everyone? Um, no, not really. I'm not going to do it all the time. But as I was looking at this, and I'm, you know, the, some of the themes are quite powerful and profound in this movie. Don't worry if you've not yet seen it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm not going to tell you how it... Well, you kind of know how it ends, don't you? All these movies are the same. Have you? No? I'm being told off by some people like that. No, they're not. They are all the same. There's baddies and there's goodies, and the goodies win in the end. <gasps> um, I'm not going to spoil it. But as I'm preparing to, to do this, uh, and, and these themes within the story, there's themes about family and identity, about personhood, particularly about womanhood and the place of women within the world. There's themes about sin. And about wrestling with sin. This is all here in the movie Black Widow. But as we come into this, then within our world, the story that we're surrounded by, it took some pretty dark turns this week. And I'm sure you, like me, were pretty horrified by uh, what was seeming to unfold down in Plymouth. And how something that really, very thankfully, happened so rarely in our country did unfold there. And people lost their lives as a particular individual was warped and twisted by false senses of identity and personhood 
and involved himself in a movement that seeks to demean the personhood of women in particular. The tragic things that unfolded because of that. I'm sure you, like me, are praying for those who were caught up in that tragedy. And then we look on the, the broad sweep of our world and, and we're affected and astonished even by the swift movement of the Taliban, something we thought, you know, maybe should have been consigned to history. But then they swiftly are moving back again through Afghanistan and taking up again where they left off. And we know that for them to take up again where they left off is again to demean personhood, most particularly womanhood. I read in the Times this week under the headline of two decades of women's gains end under extremism that the, the article began, early last month, Taliban fighters walked into the offices of Azizi Bank in the southern city of Kandahar and ordered nine female employees to leave. The gunmen escorted them home, telling them their positions could be taken by male relatives. And the article continued. Of course, this is just the beginning of the repressions and horrors that will unfold in that place. And I, are you troubled? I find myself troubled. I find myself almost oftentimes at a loss. Do you ever find yourself at a loss? With the troubles and the difficulties and we're like, oh, God, what can be done? And then the prayer comes, God, what can you do? What will you do? We're just going to pray for a moment, and then we're going to come into what we're going to learn this morning, I hope. Let's pray. Jesus, we're here this morning because we trust in you. We're here this morning because we want to trust in you. God, we trust in you as we dedicate our children to you. And the world can seem a scary place. But we know, dear God, that you have safe and loving hands. We trust you with our children. We trust you with ourselves. We trust you, Lord Jesus Christ, in a world that is really oftentimes seeking to do everything to break trust. A world that is full of harms. We ask your healing touch, dear God. your name we pray. Amen. If you'll forgive me a bit of a, a gear change, um, what we're going to do for a moment or two is we're going to watch the trailer um, for the movie Black Widow. But has, who's seen the movie so far? Like seven people. Okay. Does anybody know about these Marvel superhero movies? Are any of you fans of these kinds of things? That's another six or seven people. Does anybody here really dislike this kind of stuff? Um, zero. <laughs> there's, there's two of them, Mikey. There's two of them. They think you're wrong, um, but we love you nonetheless. Um, we're going to watch this trailer, and, and what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and explain as we go along what on earth, it, not during the trailer, but as we go through our time together in the Word of God, I'm going to try and explain, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Would you help me? Thank you. Goodness gracious me. I don't know, could you hear any of the dialogue? I don't know. No, probably not. You know it's really serious and important, don't you, when the, your, your guts start shaking with the bass. Um, this is how you know. Uh, and, uh, the, I was going to make a joke about that there is one element. There are very few male characters in this movie, but the one that you saw there, um, he puts on his suit, and he says, it still fits. And, um, and, and, and the female character said, you got fat. And, um, and I was going to make a joke about that being kind of the, the statement that you could make about my lockdown year. Um, this has kind of been a repeated thing. Uh, I want to point out, Erin doesn't just wait for me to get into some clothes and say, you got fat. Um, that's not what's been happening in my home, but it kind of could have. Um, but uh, look, there's lots of jumping around, isn't there? And there's, you know, shooting and fighting and, you know, kicking things. Lots of kicking things. It's one of those kind of movies. It's all very exciting. Um, but in, in this movie, what they're trying to actually do, interestingly enough, is answer some of the big questions that we're trying to answer in life. 
and in the world that we're surrounded by. And of course, we've mentioned some of these particular horrors in the world. And, and it's no accident, I don't think, that they're trying to answer these questions um, led by this woman and, and actually many, many women in this movie. Um, I think it's true, probably, that Marvel um, are trying to look at some of the major fractures and some of the major injustices of our world, and through movies like Black Panther and Black Widow, they're trying to actually answer some of these things and say, how do we find our place in this world? How do we redress imbalances? And that's actually what they're trying to do through these movies. Now, if you're not familiar with these superhero movies, they call themselves the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Anybody else think that is really overly grand? Um, it's just, I thought, dial it down, guys. It's just a move. I'm sorry, Mikey. I'm very sorry. Um, this is what they call themselves. Let me help. There's this character. She's Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow. And, um, and she, in this movie, is confronting the darker parts of her past when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her um, past and her upbringing arises. As the blurb goes, she is pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down. Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an, an Avenger. I should get commissioned, shouldn't I? I'm really selling this. You're all going to want to watch after this anyhow. Now, our action in this movie, it comes between, so I'm told, the, the kind of Avengers happy world falling apart at the end of Captain America Civil War and before they figure it out a bit again in Avengers Infinity War. There's an awful lot of war in these things. Black Widow is on the run herself because of all of these conflicts, but as we find you might be able to outrun the authorities, and she does that really well and quite amusingly, but you can't outrun your own past. There's a truth, isn't there? You can never outrun your own shadow. I learned that from an episode of Peppa Pig this week as well, actually. And there they all were, Peppa and Daddy and George, and running around saying, I can't get rid of it. You can't. You can't outrun your own past. What really matters is going to be where you're running and who you're running with. Well, look, on one level, like we said, we could easily dismiss this as classic summer blockbuster fluff, but the themes are important. They're trying to understand perspective and speak a, a, a word or a way into these problems. And what we're going to find is that the gospel of Jesus Christ can actually speak that word they're seeking for and indeed a better word into the problems found. Now, I'm going to get, there's going to be lots of names this morning that you're probably not going to remember, and lots of events and incidents that you might get confused by, but bear with me. Uh, I suppose what you need to know is that as well as superheroes, there are supervillains. This is how it goes, isn't it? And the supervillain in this is a guy called Drakoff. And, um, and he says, actually, towards the climax of the movie, this, this is a, an insight into who he is and what he's trying to achieve. He says, my widows, and they are actually kind of a band of warrior women that he's been manipulating and controlling. He says this. He says, they can start and end wars. They can make and break kings. And with you, she's speaking to Black Widow, she says, and with you, an Avenger, under my control, I can finally come out of the shadows using the only natural resource that the world has too much of, girls. It's pretty troubling, isn't it? Uh, but it's also quite cartoonish as well. And you might think just so far, so classic movie villain. You know, he could be one of those baddies in the old Bond movies. You remember the type where they try and slice Bond in half with a laser? Or like get him with sharks or something like that. And you're a bit like, why don't you just do it simpler? Um, you know, it never works. And it, it kind of seems a bit cartoonish. But there's something more going on. Indeed, one of the main themes of the film is the idea that there's a powerful few that can control the many. And that our individuality can be subsumed and our personhood denied as we're forced like cogs into a wheel. Indeed, this guy, Drakoff, this villain, he takes those that he calls them trash. And he, he, he finds um, young women who have been treated like trash by our world. This is something that we can understand, isn't it? This is a 
This is a scene that we actually see set in our world. And he takes them, and in his words, he says, I recycle the trash and give them a new life. This is the, the machine that seems to be working. And it's perhaps unseen by many and, and not well understood. But actually, what we're told through this movie is that this kind of a machine, this kind of way of working is what's taking over the world. Is that the best that we could hope for? For us to be treated like trash and then recycled. But this is more than Hollywood imagination, in fact. I would affirm that there is, in fact, a perverse plan of evil for those who are lost within our world. Right from the beginning, right from the Garden of Eden, that the devil has been seeking, as the Bible tells us in John 10.10, 10, to steal and kill and destroy. In John 8 and verse 44, we're told that the devil was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And far too many within our world are treated by the devil and by a world which is too terribly shaped in his ways as though they are trash to be recycled, as though they are nameless and faceless and lost. I know in a lot of movies, yeah, there are goodies and there are baddies, but as is the modern way these days, we try to kind of muddy the waters, don't we? And we don't make the goodies too good because we want them to kind of be relatable, I guess. But we also don't make the baddies too bad. And we kind of muddy the waters. And there are all these kinds of movies, like these origin stories, aren't there? Like, like Joker. And um, they, even, they did one about Cruella de Vil, didn't they, recently? I, I, is this your kind of movie? You're all looking at me blankly. Should I go back to talking about Paw Patrol? Is that where we're at this morning, church? Okay. Um, but they try and muddy the waters and kind of just kind of even it out. But this movie was quite interesting because the guy Drakov, he was purely and totally bad. And so actually he worked quite well as a cipher, as a representation of the demonic, of the devil, in fact. And so when we kind of look at this and when we think about this, it gets us thinking about the ways and the schemes of evil within our world to kill and steal and destroy, to lie. Yet, even as our heroine, Natasha, is being forced into that terrible system, that's her upbringing, that's her background, one of the henchmen who are manhandling these uh, young girls, he notes there's fire in that one. And there's something different about her. There's kind of a spark. There's kind of something. And we know from that moment early on in the movie that she's the one to watch. That something's going to happen. And this is pretty classic in movies, isn't it? That there's all these kind of terrible things happening. But even as all this terrible stuff is happening, we're told there's a hero. Does anybody like the hero? Yeah? Uh, my little girl... Um, she, she hasn't really been into all the kind of girly, princessy kind of stuff until really recently when um, unnamed members of my family uh, presented her with the joy that is Frozen on DVD. Thank you for that. Um, and Frozen 2 as well. Yeah, we appreciate you, Auntie Tori. I don't know. Um, but uh, now we watch this back-to-back, wall-to-wall. And, um, and, and my little girl, she is immersing herself in that world, let me tell you. She watches it. She just wants to watch her Anna movie or her Elsa movie, and she's just there with them. She's in the moment. And, um, but she kind of r relates on an emotional level with these people as well. And so um, uh, Elsa's kind of doing her thing with the ice, and then she has to go off on her own. And all this kind of, you, I've seen this. I know about this movie. And, uh, and she'll, say, she'll say things like, why is Elsa angry? Why Elsa so sad? And why is Elsa going away? Why is she on her own? And you think this sounds kind of cute, but let me tell you, when you've been asked these questions 475 times, every time that blessed movie comes on, we look out for the hero, though, don't we? We kind of look for the one who's got the spark. And there in that murky lorry in... God only knows where. Natasha Romanoff is in the back of it, and someone says, there's fire in that one. We're supposed to note that really salvation or hope comes from a spark within or a fire within. I joked before about watching Paw Patrol, the movie in the cinema. Um, it's pretty good, actually. It's pretty good. 
but there's a similar kind of theme there where the kind of leader of the pack, a guy called Ryder, he tells a pup, I can see I've lost you, um, but he tells this pup called Chase, who he found on the streets, the mean streets of the city. And he said, I found you and I took you in, not because you were weak or because you were like the other pups, I took you in because you were being so brave and courageous. It's a bit the same, isn't it? Paw Patrol, Black Widow, dead similar. Um, but the idea is that if there's a spark, if there's a fire, if there's a bit of courage, there's a bit of something within us, then somehow we'll make the difference, we'll make the grade, there's a way of salvation. It's quite a tempting thought, isn't it? And it leads many folks within our world, maybe it leads you, leads me, to look within and say, where's the spark, where's the fire, how can I turn this around, how can I change this, how can I make the difference? The Bible tells us that actually, let me read to you 1 Peter 3 and verse 18, that there is one, Christ, who suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. I don't know about you, I don't know whether you understand what that word unrighteous means, but it doesn't sound too good, does it? It actually means that there wasn't a spark within us or a fire within us. It wasn't actually about our courage or our ability to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps or become the hero of the story that turns things around. That simply wasn't the case. Jesus comes, the Bible says, to seek and to save the lost. The lost. Look, when we're apart from God, the Bible doesn't have a lot of great language to use about us. You know, it's not demeaning to us, but it just puts it out where it is. Lost, unrighteous full of sin. And actually, what is being taught to us by the Scriptures is it's not going to be because of a spark within or a fire within or a courage that we show. It's going to be that we need saving. You know, we watch these kinds of films and we, we put ourselves in the Black Widow kind of a character, except when she's like, you know, falling from the sky through all this kind of stuff, shooting things. And then I'm like, I'm quite glad I'm on my couch. Um, I don't really want that. But we kind of want to make ourselves the hero of these stories all the time. But the Bible tells us actually there's only one hero. There's only one hero. And it's not you. And it's not me. It's God. Jesus saves us because he is good, not because we are. He saves us and gives us our true identity, our personhood. He gives it back to us, made new. Not because he's recycling the trash. And not because of any other kind of sense of finding some spark within us. But no, he's by washing us clean and he's revealing our created identity. Jesus shows us that we're made in the image of God. Everything good that we have, have ever been or will ever know is because it comes from God. And Jesus shows us all these things, not because we deserve it. In fact, even though we are complicit in our own brokenness, he reveals our nature because he is good. In these kinds of movies, there's a popular attempt to wrestle with the challenges of the world, and there's a recognition of the problem and a nugget of truth in the hope that's offered. But the real hope is missed when we continually fool ourselves that we can be our own saviors, that just by our own strength or our goodness or our wisdom, we can fix everything that's going on around us or everything that's going on within us. We need saving. I found it really interesting. One of the characters in Black Widow, at one point, uh, a character says, the truth rarely makes sense when you omit key details. And I thought, well, that, that, that really is true. And this story, it comes to us and it gives us so much truth about our need and about the, the works of wickedness. And this guy, Dracoff, who could just be the devil, is trying to do the work that we see the devil doing in the scriptures. But then the salvation falls a little short. Because the key details are omitted. So this villain, this villain Dracoff, he uses those that he calls his widows. To him, people are just things. They're weapons with no face that he can just destroy. And that's just the way that the devil uses people. Dispensable, worthless, faceless, nameless. Yet the movie shows that it's actually when we stop treating people as faithless, faceless playthings that we really start to do the work of God, to join him in revealing the beautiful worth of every person. There's a character within the movie 
um, and she goes by the name of Taskmaster. I think I've got that right. Um, I found that online afterwards because I don't think they called her by her name in the whole movie. Um, but there she is, and it turns out that actually she's Dracov's daughter. <gasps> I don't think I've spoiled anything. Did I spoil something just then, Mikey? I don't think so. Um, okay, and, but here's the terrible thing. She, um, she's been left for dead at a point previous um, by a run-in with Black Widow. Black Widow's been trying to do away with Dracov and, and all this kind of stuff. But sadly, Dracov's daughter, she was brutally maimed and harmed in the process. Now, Dracov brings her back. You might think, well, so far, so much a dad being good. But no. Even with his own daughter, he's recycling the trash. And he turns her, manipulates and controls her to be the ultimate warrior. And there she is in this kind of suit. They all have suits, don't they? And, uh, and there she is in the suit. But she has this kind of full face mask because her face has been disfigured in the process. And the mask is put on her. And there's this sense of lack of identity and a lack of, of her personhood being revealed. And Dracov, like we said, is kind of like the devil acts as a false father to her, bringing her back, but with no sense of who she is. And there's this profound moment in the movie where Black Widow releases her from this prison, and then daringly, she gets close enough to be able to, to take off the mask and reveal this poor lady in all her brokenness and bring her uh, to a, kind of, a new kind of consciousness and understanding of who she really is. And it struck me in that moment that actually, you know, we live in a world that just distances and separates, that, that makes others nameless and faceless to us. And it's only if we're willing to do the daring work of, of knowing another's name, of looking in another's eyes, of really getting to know who another person is, no matter how broken or how disfigured they may seem, that's when we get to help to bring people into understanding who they really are. Now, actually, Christians, this is gospel work. And the challenge that comes to me is, when did I last look upon the face of somebody new? Really look in their eyes. When did I last really get to know somebody? When did I last learn a new name of a new person and hear something of someone's story? When did I last look upon uh, the brokenness of someone else's life, the hurts and the harms and the tragedies when did I last hold that person by the hand and say, actually, I know the hero. I'm not the hero, but I know the hero who can bring you into newness of life. When did you? When did you? When did we? Now, this has been a year that's been all about distancing and separation, hasn't it? But God in this day wants to teach us that we need to start taking people by the hand again. We need to start helping people to take off their masks reveal where they're at, truly where they're at. We need to start looking in people's eyes and learning some more names. Stop being satisfied with our circle of friendship as it remains. Stop being satisfied with the, the people who gather as the church here in this place when we know that there are so many people who don't know the love of Jesus. And God calls us to go, not to stay. He didn't know there was so much in a movie. As much as we're called to partner God in this work of helping people to return to him in his will, we know that we are only partners with the Savior. We are not the Savior. There's this funny moment when Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, she's been fighting alongside her sister now. She wasn't fighting with her sister anymore. Does anybody have that kind of relationship with their sister? Do we need to pray for you this morning? Uh, no, don't, don't admit to these things. Um, but after having kind of, you know, beat each other up a bit and got out of their system, um, then they start to fight together. And there's this moment when they've been fighting all the baddies, and I mean all the baddies. There are no, there's no end to baddies in these kinds of move, movies, are they? They just come out of, like, corners and, you know, bookcases and all. They're everywhere. And, um, and they fight them all. And they're there at the end, and they're feeling a little bit beat up, I think. And, um, and the sister says to Black Widow, she says, uh, do you think that they're just using you to kind of draw out the real Avengers? And her sister's really offended by it. She said, what do you mean the real Avengers? She means, you know, the really good ones. And, um, and, and, and I know it's tough, isn't it? And, 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 she, and she says to her, think about it like this. I don't, and she's referring to, I think, Thor in the Avengers. And she says this, I don't think 
I don't think that a guard has to take a couple of ibuprofen after a battle. And that just brings her down to earth, doesn't it? And look, this is actually really helpful for us because God's actually asking us to partner with him in a spiritual battle, to actually fight alongside God in bringing people into hope and wholeness with him. But the truth is, when we go into fight, then, then actually, you know, if we kind of do this on our own, we're not tough enough. Does anybody know you're not tough enough? Does anybody feel like you have to take a couple of ibuprofen after you've ever had a go at anything? Yeah? And you feel like, oh, goodness, I want to have a go, but I'm just not able to kind of do and do and do. Well, here's the good news. You're not intended to do it on your own because you're not the hero, but you know the hero. And he asks you to come alongside him and co-labor with God to bring people to hope and to holiness. Now, there's just a couple more things to say about this movie before we draw into a close. There's this profound sense throughout the movie that Natasha, Black Widow, is looking for family. She's looking for family. The story begins with her, and she's part of this kind of spy family, and, you know, it's, it's not what it appears, shall we say. And then, as the story unfolds, we understand that she'd been kind of forced into this Black Widow family, which was just a false family of no sense of personhood. And then she'd gone to seek this Avengers family, which had kind of gone a bit wrong, and and she's still looking for family, looking for her place, looking to belong, looking to um, know how she can be a part of the family of God. And, you know, we read these words earlier this morning, but in Romans 8, the Bible tells us that all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. There's an invitation to anybody who wants to come through Jesus Christ that you're not coming into primarily an organization. You're not coming into a building primarily or coming into an hour on Sunday. The invitation of God to you and to me is you're invited to come into a family. And and as I watch the movie and I watch this incredible, capable woman, you know, beating up people and taking names and she's just getting it done. But deep down inside, she just wants to know where she belongs. Where's my family? What's my family? And I, I look around me in this world and so many folks just don't know where they belong. Maybe you this morning, you're saying, I don't know where I belong. I, I don't know what my family is. And the Bible promises to you and to me that the God who gives us a true sense of identity is also the one who gives us the identity of belonging in his family. There's a place for you. There's a place for me. There's a place for everybody in the family of God. And lastly, as we draw to a close, let's make one final observation. There is a lot of fighting in this movie. If you don't like fighting in movies, you probably don't watch this movie. But if you do like things exploding and getting blown up and people moving faster than you really think anybody can actually move in real life, then this is probably your movie. Is is anybody here this morning? Do you like things exploding? Yeah. I I noticed actually there was a couple of women's hands went up first there for that. You should just break the stereotypes. Go for it. Um, You like the explosions. All of the blokes are like, I'm not going to go with the stereotype of being the bloke who likes the... I like exploding things. doesn't matter. Um, There's a lot of fighting in this movie. And there's a temptation to think that there's this kind of grand fight, this fight to kind of rescue people from being cogs in the machine and give them their sense of self back and bring them into the family, and that the only way to accomplish this is by punching a lot of people. Um, That does seem to be largely the solution in this movie. If we can just punch a few more people, we will fix this. Um, And and honestly, you you are rooting for them. You kind of want everybody to punch this Drakeoff guy. You want to get into the screen and punch him yourself. He's really not very nice at all. But it kind of draws something out within us, this sense of wanting to be a part of a battle. And surprisingly, I'm not going to tell you that that's totally wrong. But I know within the Christian walk, and many of you probably experienced this for yourself, it doesn't always feel like that kind of a battle. I don't know about you, but in your Christian life, there have probably been fewer explosions than you expected. Yeah? Nobody ever gave you a big kind of Christian laser gun at the beginning, did they? 
I said, here you go, here's something really cool. There's this bit at the end when she gets this kind of flying kind of eagle spaceship thing with blue stuff that comes out the back, and it's just incredible. And, you know, I feel like if, if, if in Christianity, we, you know, when people wanted to sign up, we said everyone gets one of them, then probably more people would sign up, wouldn't they? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't happen like that in Christianity. Like, you know, the Bible, not the Bible, but I've heard it described like this, that our Christian walk is a long obedience in the same direction. That does not sound nearly as exciting as kicking people and running around dead fast and flying planes. Sorry, you can be honest in church. It just doesn't, does it? And sometimes we feel like, well, shouldn't there be something more? Shouldn't it be more exciting than this? Well, there is a battle. There is a battle. The battle tells us in the scriptures that it's not against flesh and blood. It's not about bigger muscles and agility and bigger and bigger guns. It won't help here. Our battle is against the rulers of this dark world. They're more real than the representations you see on a cinema screen. Evil is real. There's an invitation to fight against these things for anybody who's courageous. But the invitation to fight, it's actually entered by a really strange way. I'm going to invite those who are leading us in worship to come back. In a moment or two, we're going to share something that we call communion. And if, you're, if you follow Jesus, if you know his forgiveness and you live according to his love, then you're welcome to take part in this communion. This communion, it's a representation of what Jesus did upon the cross. You see, you and I, when we're fighting against evil, we don't do violence. But the story of the Christian faith, it begins with violence. Violence, you see, was done to Jesus upon a cross. His body was wounded and broken, and we take a little piece of a wafer bread And it speaks of the body of Christ that was broken. And there's a cup that we drink, and it speaks of the blood of Jesus that was shed. Violence was done to Jesus so that we wouldn't have to know that brokenness and that horror and that pain. He died so that we wouldn't have to live according to death. He died, in fact, and rose again from the dead so that we could be free from sin and death and we could live according to his life. We enter the battle not by any means of our own violence, but we enter the battle because violence was done to Jesus. It was done to the hero of the story, Jesus Christ. An older pastor, he movingly put it this way. He said, and if you remember, when Jesus was crucified, there was somebody there at the scene and they felt that they needed to thrust a spear into his side, didn't they? Just to see that he was dead. And this older pastor, he says, imagining the voice of Jesus. He said, if you meet that poor wretch that thrust the spear into my side, tell him there is another way, a better way of coming at my heart. If he will repent and look upon whom he has pierced and will mourn, I will cherish him in that very heart he has wounded. He shall find the blood he shed an ample atonement for the sin of shedding it. And tell him from me, he will put me to more pain and displeasure by refusing this offer of my blood than when he drew it forth. There's a better way. And we live in a world that does violence to so many people. There's a temptation to think that it's by doing violence that we'll win the battle. Imagine that hill and Christ on that cross And that man there, putting the spear into the side of Christ. The voice of Christ comes and says, there's a better way of coming to my heart. There's a better way of releasing my love into the world than by doing violence to me. Our hero tells us that actually he will absorb all of the pain of the world and dispense nothing but his goodness and grace. And he invites us all to come. You want to be a courageous warrior in this world. You want to do battle. You come on bended knee to the one upon whom all violence was laid. Here is found your personhood, your identity. Here is the welcome of the cross into the family of God. Here is the the, the salvation and the solution for all of the horrors that we see in our world. And here is hope. Would you stand with me this morning, church?
we're going to be led in a song of worship as we conclude our time together. And I've got two things I want to say. One is this. If you know your life is in the hands of Christ and you're following him, then please, as we come to worship Jesus, would you make your way in your own time to the front and collect for yourself these emblems and celebrate for yourself the gift of new life in Christ Jesus for you. But if this morning you're saying, you know, I've been living as the hero of my own story for far too long. I've been trying to fix it by being tough and strong and big and all these kinds of things, but it's not working out. Well, there's freedom for you here this morning because it's not supposed to work out. Jesus is your hope. He's the hero. And he invites you to come, receive his freedom, his forgiveness, his hope. And then he invites you to come and work alongside him to get stuck into the battle against evil for the goodness that only Jesus brings. So I'm going to make myself available to the side of this table of remembrance. And if you need to know new life in Jesus, would you come over to me? We'll talk and we'll pray together and you can know the hope of Jesus. So Christians, come and receive. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, come speak with me. We'll pray. Thank you. Once again, it's been such a delight to be able to share together as a church this morning. And uh, we know uh, that taking what God has been doing in our lives, we can go and have wonderful weeks with him. Just to um, invite you um, to journey together with one another as we go through the week. We as a church, we don't just gather, but we get going into what God has for us together. And we have these things called transform communities. We would love to help you to connect with other like-minded people who are exploring God's goodness and grace and seeing how they can be a part of his transforming work in the world. So again, hit us up, get in touch. We'd love to help you to connect. Anything that you need, any prayer requests, do let us know. And we'll love to see you again this time next week. God bless you and bye for now.